Hello, hello, welcome, welcome to Noon Prayer. This is uh, part eight of our Noon Prayer in our 40 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, today we just welcome you. We welcome you that are here. We welcome you if you're watching us online, streaming either uh, live uh, or uh, watching the archive of this. But we just praise God for you. Thank you for being with us. And uh, we just give glory to God for everything he's doing. He is bringing some breakthrough in people's lives. Isn't it awesome? Uh, just everybody's, everybody's looking more slender. Glory to God. <laughs> and uh, we just invite you to participate with us in prayer and fasting. Uh, we're going 40 days. That will end on approximately February 11th. That will be the end of the 40 days. And uh, at the end of that, the last week of our prayer and fasting, is part of the reason why we're praying, we're going to have a major Kickstart 18 conference, which is going to kick off uh, 2018 in the right way. We are consecrating and making, we are declaring this whole year, 2018, will be holy unto the Lord in our lives and in the lives of Boomerang's people and partners. And uh, we welcome you to join with us. So let's kick this year off right. Are you tired of having a year that's just mediocre? You keep running into the same things. You're ready to see new things and you know that God's real. Well, then let's go after them. And we can do that as we consecrate ourselves. We separate ourselves from the world's things and we go after the things of God. Amen. And so that's what we're doing. 40 days of prayer and fasting. Now, everybody uh, has different requirements requirements in their life, I would say that they have different things that the Lord tells them to do. Uh, in the prayer and fasting, this is what we basically said, the Lord showed us, is that at the end of the 40 days, if you join with us in prayer and fasting, you should weigh less than you did when you started. <laughs> Pretty simple. In other words, you should be doing something that requires your body to give up some of its stores of fat and, and look more slender. Amen? And uh, glory to God, that's already happening for a lot of us, and some of us really needed it. Amen. And uh, I'm not going to say who, but some of us really needed it. And uh, so, anyway, the other thing is, uh, you know, fasting, one of the things I was looking at this uh, yesterday, fasting, the word fast in the, Old in the Old Testament literally means to cover your mouth. Right. So a lot of times people think, well, I'll just I'll fast this or I'll fast that. I'll fast meat or I'll fast sugar. And that uh, can be a fast in a sense. But let me just say a biblical fast has to do with you not eating. That's what it means. It has to do with you not eating. And that's why we're saying if you would come to the end of the fast and you didn't really lose any weight, um, you probably didn't do a biblical fast in that sense. Now, there are things that we give up for the Lord, uh, but to call it a fast, that's using it a little broadly. And that's, that's why I want to make sure that. But at the same time, if I've got some people that have never fasted before, 
and they go and they have only one meal a day, which that is a biblical fast. What they did is they covered their mouth uh, while the daylight was there. There's multiple places where they did kind of just a nighttime eating. They, they did not eat throughout the day. That's a biblical fast. They're covering their mouth during that period of time. But I also have people, sometimes people will do what they call a Daniel fast. Um, I'm not opposed to a Daniel fast, but if you're going to do a Daniel fast, then do it right. And again, you will have lost weight because it's not the way normal Americans eat. If you, if you do it right. And uh, so you want to make sure that you are progressing in that and know what a, a biblical fast is. Uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians, we also see that a, a husband and a wife can actually abstain uh, from their relationship, right? And so one of the things is there, it's in a sense, it's kind of like taking a fast from that also. So there's multiple things that are in there. But in the, if you want to get down to uh, bare bones, what is biblical fasting? It means you're not putting something in your mouth to eat, right? So our guidelines for the fast was this. At the end of the 40 days, you should have lost weight. That's what the Lord told us to say. And if you've never done it before, just ask. If you've got a question about fasting, we would love to help you with that. Also, we want to make sure that we are, uh, in a, in a broad sense, fasting from putting in a bunch of junk in our head too. We want to spend more time with the Father, in the Word, in prayer, in worship. And so at the end of the 40 days, we have really stepped into a new place for us, uh, consecrating ourselves and separating ourselves from the common things of the world, moving to the holy. Amen. All right, so today, uh, yesterday we talked the first part about hunger. Today we're going to talk about hunger again. And as we're talking about hunger, uh, I'm going to review. But before we get going, let's just thank him. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us the ability to just come beside you and partner in ministry. What a blessing that you have poured out in our lives, Lord. We just praise you and we thank you. Glory to God. Simlo avio so boboti abaso vroko de mi me 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 momotio chuchosvo tori lakaro ora kodomashebe fondo komiambo toro veklo lo no mi mi me a popo popista panso veve vosovodokovo mandia koloko chitistini thank you father thank you lord we praise you we celebrate you father we worship you lord thank you lord Thank you, Father. Yeah, Father, right now, I just pray for supernatural strength to be. Lord, let physical, supernatural strength be from your throne, Lord. Let it invade the people that are here in this prayer. Lord, yeah, supernatural strength be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for showing us more about hunger. Thank you, Father, for showing us how to hunger and thirst, to crave after you, and we shall be filled. Amen. Amen. So let's turn, uh, let's go to, again, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 says this. It says, blessed, and let's stop right there. Blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst 
after righteousness. Blessed are those. Do you want to be blessed or not blessed? Yes. All right, then if we want to be blessed, then we move into the place where we hunger and we thirst after the things of God. It's, it's as simple as that. We want to be a blessed. I want to be blessed. Then I need to hunger. And let me show you this. Have I had any areas in my life, or maybe have you had them in your life, where you don't feel blessed? Then one of the things that that shows is the good potential that I did not hunger and thirst. If I need more blessing, then I probably need to move in more hunger and thirst. There's other things in here that show that they're blessed. But one of the things is it's showing that there's some condition here. If I will hunger and thirst, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And when it says filled, look at these two uh, good beneficial words. Blessed and filled. And what we talked about yesterday was that that filled didn't just mean to the full. It didn't just mean a little bit. It says, blessed shall you be. You will be satisfied or another. The King James says filled, right? Uh, so when we see that, one of the things that we notice is that our mind in this society thinks that God will just take us up to what we need and we'll be okay. Yep. We're, we're not, we're not breaking any records. But we're doing all right. That's kind of the way we think satisfied sounds, right? Field sounds. But that is not what that means. We talked about it yesterday. That word satisfied or field in the original lang language meant to gorge. That means that it's like if you went to a, a buffet and it was your favorite food and it tasted awesome and you ate everything you could eat and then just because you were there, you went back for another plate and you stuffed down as much as you could. And if I don't know about you, but I've gotten to the place before where I ate so much I felt like I was going to throw up. That's the kind of feeling and satisfying that it's talking about. It's so much. I know that might be a little bit gross in one sense, but if you understand the benefit of it, it's, it's awesome. It, it's so much that you are full to overflowing. And doesn't that match up with other parts of the word where Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it in abundance. We know those original words mean to the full till it overflows. This is what God says. If we will hunger and thirst, we will be blessed, 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 blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. If we hunger and thirst, we will be blessed. And we will be filled and overflowing. Glory to God. So what we need to get inside of us is a hunger and a thirsting after the Lord. Now we talked about yesterday that hunger and thirst, what those meant. And we looked at it, that hunger meant to crave. I mean to crave. And one of the things we talked about is on the fast, a great thing about the fast is it awakens you to what's really going on in your flesh. <laughs> because the voice of the flesh, a lot of times during the fast, if you're not doing it all the time, if you're not used to it, the voice of the flesh screams like a, like a mad teenager, right? It's like, you better, you better eat something. You want sugar. You want carbohydrates. You want that bread, right? And, and everything you smell, your body, your flesh 
craves for that thing. It craves it. This is what that word means. To hunger means to crave the same way your body is in a fast, especially at the beginning, the same way your body is craving for that food, right? And then the word thirst there, uh, one of the things I'll, I'm going to talk about this, but it mean, right there in that verse, it means thirsty. Uh, we talked about yesterday, though, in another verse, which we'll get to, it meant to, to greedily, greedily, Seek. To greedily seek. In other words, to seek after greedily. Come on in, man. Uh, he said to greedily seek after. Greedily. We're having noontime prayer. You're welcome. Come on in. Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. So anyway, it says the hunger and thirst, that thirsty means to greedily seek. Now, I want to make it clear that yesterday, I don't think I said this directly. That's not that word right there in Matthew 5, 6. But if you will turn to Psalm 107, 8 and 9. Psalm 107, 8 and 9 says, Lord, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Why? For he has satisfied the thirsty soul. He satisfied the thirsty soul and he has filled and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. What has God done with the thirsty soul? He satisfied it. Satisfied. Filled to overflowing. Now that word right there in the original Hebrew, it means greedily seek like a predator seeks a prey. Like, I mean, it's hunting it down. It mean, when it says thirsty, it says he's satisfied the thirsty soul. He's talking about somebody that will not leave the things of God alone, but they will be thirsty and go after him. And when we will greedily seek after the things of God, then we will be satisfied. And so when you combine the two, you see where our job as believers is to crave and greedily seek like a predator goes after a prey, the righteousness of God. And if we'll do that, the things of God, God, his ways, if we will greedily seek and crave, we will be filled and we will be blessed. So then that leads to logic. If we're not blessed... And I'm talking about blessed according to the way that God sees blessed. And we're not filled to overflowing. Have we been hungering and thirsting? Probably not. Probably not. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to go after the Lord. Look, let's look at this verse again. Psalms 107, 8 and 9. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. In other words, this is so much of a promise that we should be able to praise him because it is so true. In other words, he's saying we, we should be praising him because if we'll get hungry and thirsty, it's done. It is done. It's completely done. And I was telling you... Um, 
Let, let, me, let me give you a couple of examples. I told you yesterday that Bishop David Oyedepo over in Lagos, Nigeria, one of the things that he said was, don't eat away your destiny. In other words, don't be so hungry for food that you never put it down to seek God, right? Jesus didn't say, uh, if you will fast. He said, when you fast, right? That's specific. When you fast, do it this way. In other words, he was expecting believers to fast. He was expecting believers to set down the things of their flesh and the hunger in their soul, hunger and thirst in their soul. So why? And we will be filled. He wanted us to move to the place of filling. He also wanted us to move to the place where the kingdom was constantly advanced through his hands and feet, the body of Christ. That's you and me, right? So here, uh, Pat, uh, Bishop David said this, don't eat away your destiny. Now, one time they were sitting there and uh, they had, I believe, let me see if I got my, my numbers right. I, w I can look up the numbers because I made notes of it, but it was somewhere below a thousand people. And um, it may have been uh, just around, you know, 20 or so. Right. And they they had been going. I think it was I think it was around when he was around a thousand. But I've heard people tell it different ways. But anyway, they were at a, a low number, basically. And here was this period of time. And they decided that they were going to go after the things of God. And he sat down and he had a prayer time and fasting time with his church. And all, I heard him say this on the third day of the fast. He said, I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. You know, I felt King Jesus basically nudging me by the Holy Spirit. And he said, come on. And so he walked out and led them out uh, and to the front of the church. And basically he said, now look up. And he saw the church. He saw there was a black cloud over it, right? And that black cloud, uh, the, the Lord said to him, he said, that black cloud represents this community's perception of you from people talking and speaking the wrong things about you, right? He said, now, and then he gave them some instruction, but then basically he said, now you command that to get out of the way. That's holding you back. And so Bishop David, he commanded that thing to be removed, that demonic attack to be removed. And instantly uh, they started growing in number. I mean, it was miraculous growth that they started experiencing right after that. It was just miraculous. And uh, we're talking about within about five years period of time, they were I think pushing up around um, within five years I remember one portion they're pushing up around 50,000 people from about a thousand people right it was just I mean God was pushing now here's the thing what if he had not been hungry for the things of God would he have ever been fasting and praying would his church have joined with him would, would he have seen the cloud that was in the spirit that was holding them back? No. Would they experience people coming to Christ? Would those people have come to Christ and would they be the ministry that they are today, which is around like 500,000 people that's in that church? Would they be that ministry? No. No. Not at all. They would not. It comes down to one person deciding, I will hunger and thirst after God.
See, you can change your whole life, your family, the church that you go to, even if you're not the pastor, even if you're not in the fivefold ministry. You can change that because your hunger and thirst is demanded to be satisfied if you'll go after him. Just because a pastor or a minister doesn't go after him, that does not excuse you as a believer from going after him. When you go after him, the things on this earth change, starting with you, but then you start to release that overflow out into this earth. It can change your life, your job, your family, your church. It can change so many things. You can change those things today simply by saying, I'm going to get hungry for God. I'm going to get hungry for God. Now, one time, at, I think it was at the thousand level uh, in Bishop David's church, he had been fasting and he was on his third 40-day fast in a year. His third 40-day fast in a year. Right now, the issue was he was he was pushing his body. He was definitely submitting his flesh. He got to the place where his body um, started shutting down and there was signs of his body shutting down. And my understanding of it is and I've heard this from multiple people is my understanding is his wife said, Pastor David, you have to stop. You have to stop fasting. You are going to kill yourself. I want to show you something. His response to his wife was, I would, now I think he had a thousand people at this time, if, I, if memory serves me correctly. I would rather die than have a church this small. I would rather die. Now, why does he want a church that's bigger than that? Is it just for him? And no, it's not for that. There's actually a scripture in Proverbs that says a king is blessed and glorified in a multitude of people. So as a leader, if we don't apply faith to grow and believe God for that, we are, we are putting down faith. We're in sin for not having faith for believing God for that. As a church, we should believe for a multitude of people like that. Right. And so he knew he knew that. And he said, I can't stand here even at a thousand people and not apply more faith. What's driving him? Hunger, hunger. Now he's got upwards of five hundred thousand people. They have five services. Right. They have five services on Sunday at the main campus, at least 50,000 seats inside, many people outside, five services. They're building a 100,000 seat auditorium right now. 100,000 seats. Think about that. 500,000 people. Now, some of them were probably born again before they came to his ministry. But think about the people that he's affecting. Even if just one, every one of the 500,000 leads one person to the Lord in their lifetime, you're talking about 500,000 new believers because somebody was hungry. One person was hungry. That's a minimal number. But because one person was hungry. See, they apply this thing in a whole different way. If they don't bring people into the church and make disciples, they get kicked out. <laughs> right? Here, we're like, please come to ours. No wonder they're growing and we're not. 
Because they take this word seriously and they're hungry for the things of God. And they take God at his word. If the minister speaks by the word of God, which they wouldn't be going there if he didn't, right? If the minister speaks by the word of God and he says, you will not leave this place uh, today sick. When they get to that front door, if they still feel symptoms on their body, they, they say, no, the man of God said, I will not leave here sick. And when they cross the threshold, they step right out healed. They believe it. Why? Why do they believe it? See, faith comes and we're satisfied as a part of hunger as well. When we hunger for things, we're reaching for that thing. We're reaching for the things of God when we hunger after God. In other words, we're doing what we need to to grab a hold of it because I can't survive without it. That's hunger. I can't survive without nutrition. We're saying my nutrition doesn't come from what I put in my mouth. My nutrition ultimately comes from God. I I can't survive without you, Father. This is the hunger of God. We need that hunger. We need this type of hunger. Father, we just ask you right now for just hunger. Lord, let us see hunger in a new light. We praise you and we thank you for it, Lord. Lord, we need to get more hungry. You know, honestly, our flesh and our mind a lot of times is satisfied with the fact that we had a message yesterday on hunger. And so we come back and we go, ah, another message on hunger. I thought we were going to move on to something else. Well, we really need it. We need some hunger. That shows our lack of hunger. It shows us why we need another message on it. We ought to be hungry for whatever will get more of God. Father, help us to be hungry. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We talked about it yesterday and we said that hunger is a direct uh, reflection of what we have eaten or not eaten. The less we eat, the more hungry we get. So if we're not hungry for the things of God, we have to ask ourselves the question, what are we putting into ourselves that's taking his place? Many times it's the, it's the cares of life. It's the desires of the flesh. And we have to stop and back up and say, no, you know, no. I want you to think about this. Think about our responsibility as believers. Think about this. Let's say that you didn't have your Bible. Let's say that you didn't have your Bible. But then at one point, somebody came to you and said, there's a God who loves you, who sent his son to die for you. You, by yourself, were going to hell to spend eternity. After you die here, you would die for eternity in this place of great torment. But he sent a son that you don't have to do that. And you accepted Christ. 
And before this person left, you believed it, you knew that it was true, you had ultimate proof that God was who he says he was. You didn't have a Bible, but you knew by what you received and you knew the power and the peace that you received, that it was true. And then even afterwards, you had where God worked with you and moved with you and you saw the power of God. In other words, you didn't have any question as to whether or not God was real from that point forward, right? But before this person left you, this is what he said. He said, now listen, your job from here on out. God, Jesus took his life and he paid for your life. Therefore, now you don't have to do this, but you should believe that your life is now his. And every day you should give yourself... As a living sacrifice, you don't have to die now, but you should give yourself as a living sacrifice. And look, this is reasonable. This is your reasonable service of worship, right? You, this, can you see how he gave his for you? Now you should give it to him. And he's not forcing you, but out of love, we should see that because not only do we love him, but he loves other people and we want to help them, right? Now, in giving yourself as a living sacrifice, one of the things that you're going to have to do in, in doing that, what you're going to be doing and leading other people to the Lord is you're building the kingdom. This is a command. This, this Lord who loved you and saved you commanded you to go and build the kingdom. To go and build the kingdom. And as a part of that, Right. As a as a part of that, as you give your life uh, to him, you pray to him, you will grow stronger and better at doing that. OK. All right. Now I've got to go. I'll see you later. Now, listen, if we didn't have the Bible, but you knew God was true and you knew that you should build the kingdom and give yourself as a living sacrifice every day. If you were, and you believed that God was true and you knew it, and you never were told ever again for the rest of eternity, you were only told one time what your mission was. One time what your mission was. Should anybody be able to get you sidetracked off of that mission? No. One time that we've heard that our mission is to build the, the kingdom should push us to grow the kingdom at all costs. We should never have to be told again. If we truly believe that Jesus is who he says he is and he's my Lord and God is a good God, we should never, nobody, nobody even in a pulpit should ever have to tell us again. We should be, think about it, Shouldn't we be self-motivated to do it to the best of our ability? Should we not? Isn't that our reasonable service? And yet we have preaching after preaching after preaching. And how many people do we have that are self-motivated? Not too many. And see, this shows that we're not hungering after the things of God. It proves that we're not, because if we were hungering after the things of God, we should never have to have another person mention 
how active we should be in growing the kingdom. Can you see that? It should be, it should be there. But yet, here's the thing. We do have a Bible. We do have preachers. We do have the Holy Ghost constantly talking to us that your mission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, build the kingdom, make disciples, be hunger for me. You're only going to get there if you hunger. But see, we've proven that our hunger hasn't been where it needs to be because we haven't been self-motivated to go do those things. Not on the level that we should. I mean, I mean, the whole world would have to pull against us and kill us to get us to stop. And yet, all it takes for most Christians to stop that process is walk out the front door on Sunday afternoon. In America, at least. This shows our hunger. We've become so apathetic with the things of God. All of this, it's a strong point. It's convicting. I get it. It convicts me as I say it. We've got all of this. The goodness of God. His love. His mercy. My life, I should not even see my life as my own. I should see it as his. I don't even have a right to make a choice. I've taken that right and I've joyfully given it to him. And yet still, it's like I take it back. Constantly, I've found myself over the years where I've taken it back. Well, we should hunger to get out of that. We should hunger after the things of God so much that his overflowing and filling would constantly be there where that's never an issue. It's never an issue because we're so hungry for him. We should be hungry. We should be hungry for him simply because he's so good. Simply because he's so good. Because he loved us. Simply because we're not going to hell. Even if we didn't go to heaven, but we didn't go to hell. Glory to God. We should be motivated. You've heard of soldiers who somebody saved their life in battle and they feel in debt to them for the rest of their life. I think, you know, and you don't hear about that as much anymore, but that still happens on a regular basis. But I think we haven't made it as much of a reality of what Jesus did for us that causes us to hunger. You see, when I'm fasting and I'm hunger, hungry uh, physically, the more I think about steak and eggs and cheese and bread, the hungrier I get. The more I meditate on the good things of God and how much He loves me. Oh, the hungrier I get to spend time with him and be around him, the more I think about what he's done for me and what he's doing and what he's going to do, the more I get hungry. See, we're not meditating on who he is. We're not really, see, we're not esteeming who God really is. And that causes a lack of hunger. But we need to meditate on his goodness. You know, why was David a man who pleased God? Look at Psalms. Oh, Lord, when I think about your goodness, your goodness and mercy follow me forever. Your loving kindness. Look at how much David thought on the Lord. You know, I think he formed the habit while he was out watching the sheep, thinking about the goodness of God. Thinking about the goodness of the Lord. 
We need to meditate on His goodness. We just need to stop sometimes. Stop the thinking and just sit. Make ourselves sit. There's a, it, it's something that's been lost today. The world's given us so many things to take up our mental capacity. And we never just stop, be still, and know that I am God. And because we don't meditate on Him and get to know Him, we don't hunger for Him at all. And then we wonder why things are missing. And then we blame God when it doesn't work. We get mad at Him or frustrated at Him. And any of our irritation in that is truly just kind of pointed at Him because we're expecting Him to swoop in and do everything. He's already done everything He needs to do. It's us who aren't looking at Him. It's us who aren't hungering after Him. It's us who are not, have not been esteeming those things. We need to repent. And we need to think on him, meditate on what he's done, who he is. Think on what he's told us to do and hunger after him. And if we will hunger after him, you will be filled to the full and overflowing. And the world won't be able to stop you. You'll be so full of his goodness and his mercy. Oh, you know, during worship on Sunday, because you've thought about him and you meditated him, the whole worship team, I mean, they ought to be just bubbling over and overflowing. And the congregation ought to be coming in here having meditated on God, so ready to give him praise and worship. This is the way it's supposed to be. Because we're hungry for him. Because we know him. He really is that good. And even when, you know, we get hunger because we meditate on Him. And He says, if you'll just meditate on me and get hungry, I'll fill you up some more. It's like this in ever, uh, uh, ever going blessing that just keeps building. And all we gotta do is just be obedient. Hunger's one of those things. Did you ever think that hunger was that big? That it can mean that much difference in your life? But it can. So this is why you and I have chosen to be here. This is why you're here on you know, a Thursday afternoon instead of eating lunch somewhere at a restaurant. This is why you're watching this video because you're saying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Lord, I need you. Yes, I need some big stuff in my life and I believe that you're going to bring it. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. You're bringing your blessing right now. You're bringing your blessing. Glory to God. We're hungering after you. We are hungering after you. We praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Sole mi bacajebete, on so balacadamasata basata de 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 niateramo. I have a list here that uh, Pastor uh, Amos shared with me. I've since amended it, added to it, and uh, it's just talking about the Father and how big He is and how good He is. And so let's just let's just. Confess this with me. As I say this, you repeat after me. And just worship, let's worship him right now. Let's meditate on him. Father, Father, you are. You are greater than the greatest. There's no one greater than you. You are greater than the greatest. Glory to God. 
Father, you are higher than the highest. There's none higher. You are older than the oldest. Nobody's pulling the wool over your eyes. <laughs> you are wiser than the wisest. You have every answer, every solution. There's no problem that I have or will have that your wisdom can't unravel. You're richer than the richest. There's no problem, no lack that your riches cannot overflow. We receive that overflow. Father, you are deeper than the deepest. You are not shallow. <laughs> You're not one way today and another way tomorrow. You are deeper than the deepest. Truly you are better than the best. You are better than my mind can even imagine. It goes beyond what I ask or think. You are better than the best. Father, you were not voted in. <laughs> and you cannot be voted out. No matter what the world thinks, politicians, Hollywood, my teachers from before, my pastor, you were not voted in. And you cannot be voted out. You are God and you will stay on the throne. You were not appointed and you cannot be unappointed. You are God and you're a good God, a great God, a loving God. You were not enthroned by some special ceremony made up by man. And you cannot be dethroned. Father, you are the Almighty. You have all might within your hands. You are the invisible God that does visible things. You are immortal, invisible, and the only wise God. Light and darkness are equal before you. You can see in the light the same way you can see in the dark. You see all things. There's nothing hidden from you, Father. You are so good. You are the God who was and is and is to come. There's no period of time where you will not be God. I can draw on that. Take faith and hope in that. Father, you are the righteous one, the holy one, unsearchable, omnipotent. You are all powerful, omniscient. You are all knowing, omnipresent. You are everywhere. You are unchangeable, but you change things in our lives. You bring the change that we need. You're the ocean divider. You are the deliverer. You are provider. You are defender. You are the revealer. You are our healer. We are delivered. 
provided for, defended, revealed to, and healed because you are so good. These are not things we're waiting on. They are done through Jesus. Father, you are the man of war. You are the Lord of hosts. You are ever faithful, never failing, never changing. You are the restorer. You are the blesser. You are the purifier. Lord, purify us. Get out the common and unclean. And make us holy, Lord. Help us drive to holiness and hunger. Purify us. Sanctify us. You are the sanctifier. You are the refiner. You are the consuming and devouring fire. Ungodliness cannot stand in your presence. That's why I'm not bringing any to you. I'm dropping it. I'm submitting my flesh. Father, you have made heaven your throne and earth your footstool. You are the miracle worker. Ever winning. Ever righteous. Ever glorious. Clothed with fire. The conqueror. And undefeatable. When I get with you, I will not be defeated. You are always leading me to triumph through Christ. You are the ancient of days, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords, the great I am that I am. Father, you spoke and it was done. You declared the end from the beginning, and it was so. You are great love. You are absolute love. You are mercy, Lord. You are grace. You are righteousness. You are holiness. You are strength. You are joy. You are hope. We put our faith in you. You are the love of our life. Lord, you are the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, and God of me. You are my God. And you are the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, just speaking those things, it makes me hungry for you. So do do no more. I need to hang out with that person. I need to hang out with that God. And Lord, you are my God. And I hunger for you. We hunger. We crave more and more of you. We thirst. We greedily seek more time with you. We greedily go after you like a predator goes after a prey. We go after you, God. We're hunting you down. We're grabbing a hold of you. Then the beautiful thing is when we just turn ever so slightly, we grab a hold of you. You're right there. You turn to us, Lord. Oh, Father, we praise you. Thank you, Father, for hunger rising up. Oh, 
May and say, yeah, Father, we hunger after you. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, uh, or even if you don't, just allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you right now. And let that hunger build. The Word says that you build yourself up on the most holy faith when we pray in the Spirit. And we give thanks to God well when we pray. So let's pray the perfect will of God by allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us right now. Glory to God. Yeah, hunger rise in the name of Jesus. Hunger rise in me in Jesus' name. Hunger rise in us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Yeah, Father. Father, we just feel your presence today. Yeah, thank you for your presence. Thank you for that peace and that strength flooding in. Thank you for the filling and the satisfying, the overflowing that's happening now as we hunger for you. As we hunger for you. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, hunger be in Jesus' name. Hunger be in me. Just say it with me. Say, hunger be in me in Jesus' name. I will not hunger for the things of the flesh and the things of the world, but I will hunger for God. His righteousness, His ways, His goodness. I will hunger for him. I will hunger for Jesus. I will hunger for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you'd like to sow into the kingdom today and like to give, if you're here, you're welcome to give into the basket as we wrap up. If you're watching this, there should be a link where you can give, and we just thank you for doing that. We receive that as holy, any gift and offering, as holy unto the Lord, and we declare it right now. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, anything that anybody gives for your namesake, for the gospel, Father, for you or for the gospel, Jesus, let it be given now in this time and in the time to come. Father, let that seed be multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, and let it run over back into their lives as men and women give unto them. In the name of Jesus, 
so be it. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us today. We love you. Praise God for you. And let's hunger after him together. Amen. Thank you all for being here. Good job. Awesome. Awesome. That's good. That's good. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for hungering with me. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye.